and I am Leslie, and we are your amigas. <laughs> we want to thank everyone for listening uh, to our first podcast. It was honestly so rewarding and so uplifting seeing all the messages that we received of everyone that was just so happy and, you know, you make me nervous. <laughs> you looked at me and I'm like, why? Where's the voice? No, but we're so grateful. Honestly, like I was so nervous about posting that episode and, um, I'm so glad I did. All of the messages that I received, I received some messages from people who were so like unexpected and, um, I'm really happy about it and like I'm so happy with the outcome the number of listens keeps growing and, and I could not be happier honestly yeah that makes us super excited we check them almost every day oh my god <laughs> I honestly thought we were gonna have a good five people I really did too. but let me tell you it's more than five people we're in the triple numbers <laughs> triple digits yeah <laughs> I'm so excited and I'm so glad that um I put my guard down and Leslie put her guard down, and we're here speaking our truth. And we realize this really resonated with people, so we do want to keep having these type of conversations and giving a platform to people if they want to share their story. We would love to talk with you, just so you know. Yeah, so reach out to us. Follow us on Instagram at AmigasPod. So that's Amigas, P-O-D. Not P-O-T. <laughs> AmigasPod. <laughs> but yeah so Tawani how have you been in this one week of being a podcast host well um my first week as a podcast co-host has been very exciting I can't wait to be a full-time podcaster I'm waiting for the moment that I can leave corporate America. Let's just say that. You gave me Selena vibes when she's like, me siento muy, muy excited. (laughs) (laughs) But honestly, this week has just been a great start to a new beginning. What moves are you making, Leslie? Let's talk about it. Well, if you must know. Um, Last week, I decided it was time to quit my very toxic and very very racist work environment. Um, I was actually working, well, I can't say where, but I was working at an agency um, and we did a lot of like temp staffing um, and direct hire positions for like manufacturing and logistics. Um, and during that time, I actually had a really racist manager and coworker and they, I put up with so much in the last year, it's ridiculous. Like, for nine months, basically, I would just hear nothing but microaggressions, like, literally racist and discriminatory remarks, and it was just such an environment that, I mean, it took a mental toll on me. Like, it just, it would, I would be drained with the idea of going to work, and I started having headaches on Sunday night just of, like, thinking of what I had to deal with. And just to give you an idea, so let's say the phone would ring and there would be like a Hispanic last name. And the caller ID. Yeah. So something with the ending with the easy, you know, typical. Mm -hmm. Um, My manager would just say, Leslie, go ahead and answer. That's your people. Or especially if, you know, if he, if I was 
on a call or something, he would always answer to them, Hola, como esta? Like, it was just in a very ugly manner, too. Um, there was also a time where we were looking for, like, material handlers, which, if you know, it's, like, uh, people that are, like, moving boxes, moving material in a very hot warehouse. And um, a comment was made that, you know, he specifically said he wanted someone that was... Uh, the client was looking for someone that was bilingual and my manager took it as a Mexican. Didn't matter if they, he said bilingual, he just said a Mexican. So he looked at me and he said, call your friends, call your cousins, tell them to come ahead and just bring, bring them all. We'll hire them if they can work here. Oh no. Yeah. And this was said like, not like, haha. like this was said seriously. Like he told me like call people and I just looked at him and was like, Nobody that I know, first of all, they're not going to work for you. And no, this is just ridiculous. Like, you're so, it was just such a, that that's the environment that I was used to. Ignorant. Yeah. Um. And, and this wasn't just towards Hispanics. This was towards not everyone. And I would just be like, why are you doing this? Like, and I would always, like, say something. And I would always try to be like, what do you mean by that? And so they, they would, can expose themselves. Yeah, yeah. And I would be like, what do you mean like that? And they'd be like, looking at me like if I was stupid. And like, when I finally found a way to talk to HR, all HR did was give a coaching. And that no was way. it. Yeah. That so was... they didn't do anything? No. He, um, that manager, all he did was just get a coaching. And he was taught to talk to his coworkers with respect. I mean, there was even comments made about me and about my skin color. And there was, like, proof in, like, corporate chats that were sent out and, like, I unfortunately got to look at them and I mean this is just something that like it, it was just for the first time in my life I and the way that they were treated me was like I was just a translator I was just a temp a translator and people would just call me and they would just say um Leslie you know oh Spanish speaker you're up and it got to the point where all I was good at for them in their eyes was just to translate, um, you know, English to Spanish. And I, for the first time ever in my life, just started resenting the fact that I spoke Spanish. For once, I didn't want to be bilingual because of how they were making me That's feel. That's so sad. Like, And it was just such oppression. Like, when you start realizing, like, the ignorance that's so blatant like it was it was obvious like people would come to me after work and they would ask me like if I was okay and it was just like they don't realize the words that they can say and they don't realize the weight and the impact that it happens to and I was told to sweep it under the table and to get over it because this was they've already we've already closed that chapter and I'm like how do you change someone's mentality to, to addressing people like that? And I know they weren't addressing like that to them anymore in front of me, but I know it didn't change because I could hear it whenever they would send someone to me for me to interview or things like that. And I couldn't live in that environment anymore. It was just so many things that that company did to me and like literally things they did against me to where I just, last Monday, I... I think it was Monday, right? Monday or Tuesday? I think it was Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday, Tuesday that I just 
right before like we were supposed to like zoom or or call in all i did was just say you know what this it's time for me to take a step back i had told him i had accepted another job but in reality i hadn't i, I didn't have anything lined up i just knew that there was no more gonna be the day that i would wake up with a heavy heart and just continue doing something and it was just more heartbreaking and more like every day it was just more and more pressure and it was taking away from me mm -hmm. and I did not like who I was becoming and how I was feeling just working for them and on top of all of this you know I was the person that got furloughed out of everyone in Houston they chose me but I was bringing in numbers and I was bringing in results but it wasn't good enough for them yeah. but when you open up your mouth, you know, that's what they show you what happens when you stand up for yourself. You're the first one, you know, oh, you know, I think it's going to be best that we put you on the furlough. Everybody else kept their job, but it was just, it was too many things with that company where I would not recommend. So you let that toxic go? Huh? Oh, girl, yes. I feel like I should throw salt, like, behind my shoulder and just never look back, like... I honestly, I've driven by there like twice already and I'm like, I don't even like normally, you know, when you like you turn around and you're driving somewhere because you know something mm -hmm. like I don't even look like it's just a moment of closure where that's done and I've never been so grateful. And what I've learned is I shouldn't be ashamed of who I am just because someone doesn't understand the value that you bring, the value also. that I bring and like being open minded to other cultures like we are in Houston. It's uh, and but the problem was, they all came from small towns. They weren't used to, like their version of Mexican food was just Taco Bell, which that doesn't even come close, you know. Mm -hmm. But I'm just glad that's over and we're moving on. And then what happened on Friday? Tell us. Tell the pod. <laughs> well, I ended up getting a job at this company. On the spot as soon as the interview was over like I had nothing lined up and I interviewed I reached out and we did a phone interview then we did an in-person interview and he said well do you want to start Monday and I was just like what, <laughs> what? <laughs> me and I mean this was it's definitely a huge turn of events um and I'm so thankful and it really wouldn't have happened if I would have still been at the other company because you sometimes you have to take that leap of faith. You can't just hold on to things and like hope it gets better when you've been proven many, many times that that pattern is continuing. And that's something that we need to start or I need where I started realizing like if patterns are happening and there's just this toxicness, like stop waiting for the next bad thing to happen. Let it go. Just let it go. Because it's not going to get better. Yeah. In 2020, we're letting go all things that don't serve us anymore. We really are. Because we can't, like, I don't know. I'm just beyond happy that this happened. And I'm grateful. I'm like, so proud of you. And I know that you're such a great worker. Um, because for those of you who don't know, people have, have actually asked me, like, how did we meet? <laughs> you know? Um, and let me tell you. So Leslie and I met working at a company that sells cell phones. That sells cell phones and home internet, I think. 
yeah, and cable. And a couple other things, but you know, that's about it. You can use your context clues. <laughs> yeah, and um, Leslie and I met there, and Leslie actually trained me, so I've had a chance to really witness her in her element. She is such a great salesperson. <laughs> um, she's really, really good with customers. Um, but yeah, like I said, she trained me, and that's where we fell in love, you know? <laughs> Um, and that's where the friendship slowly began. Yes. And like, um, our first official hangout, she took me to Popeye's on a Tuesday and brought me a two piece. I swear that was the first time that I had Popeye's in like a decade. I was really craving that biscuit. You don't you, even you know. You were trying to choke that day. <laughs> I huh? was just like, I really want this biscuit. And I invited you cause you were like about to take a lunch and I was like, I don't know if you have plans, but. Yeah, and I remember it was so awkward. Like, it was just, like, sitting in the car, like, so. Um, Yeah, so. Basically, that was literally our car, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Do you um, live around here? I'm like, what do you ask new people? I don't know, yeah. And then one time we walked to get ice cream when it was really slow. Yes, and then we came back 30 minutes later. Yeah, and then slowly but surely, we started becoming friends. I remember I started, and they gave me, like, the ugliest shirts. They gave you, like, the oversized, like, it was like lands, what is it, lands? Lands and Lands wear. Yeah, so it was, like, oversized plaid shirts, so I was giving, like, Ellen vibes, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and then I show up in, like, a whole cardigan I flat. Know, it was cute, like, a little cardigan and, like, a little tank top, and I was like, why are you here? I thought that wasn't, like, a work uniform, because I looked so ugly, and I was like, I was like, oh, you're working today? And she's like, yeah. I was like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm dressed for work, and you were like, that's an outfit? <laughs> Because I was over here with these, the worst fitting shirts. It looked, I literally had no shape because it was so oversized, like. But I donated my clothes to you. Yeah. I gave you all my clothes when I Later on, so I was looking so cute, but like, at that time, at that time, I was looking like, very, very, You were wearing extra, extra large. (laughs) I don't know why they gave me those shirts, but yeah. So I've really gotten to witness um, how much of a hard worker you are and how good of, of an employee you are. Oh, thank you. I appreciate and it. a trainer, you know, so. Please call for references. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> She's my forever reference. For real. For every job ever. But it's real because, I mean, we really did work together. And she <laughs> did train me. Yeah, that was real. Yeah, that was. She taught me. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> She taught me everything. How to run away from customers. Uh-huh. How to hide <laughs> oh, I got a call. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my god. But yeah, so, and it, I hate to hear that you were experiencing these, like, microaggressions oh, and girl, just, like, girly. comments. I remember you being so upset and telling me about, like, the comments that they made about, like, your skin color. That's disgusting. And for those of you who don't know, like, microaggressions um, are not always, like, a direct, um, like, racist attack. I mean, they are, but um, they come a little more subtly. So it's things like, oh, um, your English is so good. 
Or it's like a backhanded like, compliment. Yeah, exactly. It's a backhanded compliment. So it's like, it's like whenever, um... I can some, barely hear an accent. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I did not need to Or where are you really from? Yeah, like, where are you really from? Okay, when you say here, like, were you born here or were you brought here or what happened? Or like... Have you heard that? Yeah, or you're so exotic or like... Just, like, different things like that. And, you know, these are things that um, are not okay to say. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, they can get much worse than the examples I just gave. Um, as we know, like, the people, I don't know, to me, it sounds like your manager and the people within the company sound like the people that got number 45 in office. And they are to blame for, like, the climate that we have. Yeah. I don't know. Like, this attitude has always been a thing. And then um, these, like, racist actions are getting recorded. People haven't actually experienced equality in this country ever. It's more apparent now because it's being recorded with social media and, like, videos obviously um i felt like i belonged but in reality it wasn't really as much as i thought and you know going through that you hear a lot of comments being made about why are why didn't we do it the legal way why did i have to go through the whole process of you know because they wanted everything like i said in the previous episode like they wanted grades they wanted doctor's visits they wanted like things that you wouldn't even think of like pictures of a specific place here in Houston at a certain time like with the timestamp on it like they wanted to build a whole timeline that I was here the whole time yeah and um it's really not something that you can say oh why didn't people just come here legally uh, because it doesn't really work like that um there's like three main ways to come to the U.S. Mm-hmm. legally those ways, like, there's so many hurdles that you have to go over to get granted mm-hmm. that permission, that visa. You are able to try to get um, a sponsorship through, like, an employer. Like, um, through the H-1? Yeah, through the H-1B visa. Yeah, I was like, it's not H-1N1, it's H-1B visa, yes. <laughs> yeah, and... But with the with that, like, it has to be in, like, a certain circumstance. Like, we have to have a shortage of these high-profile careers, um, such as national executives, professors, scientists, doctors. But if there's not, then um, those aren't really granted. And it's really hard for people to actually get access to that when most people only have up to like a high school degree at most at most that doesn't take away from their intelligence but that just shows you how um less accessible higher education is in some of these places immigrants for the most part are working jobs that people don't want you know, they're working jobs, they're getting underpaid and overworked. Oh, I can, I can attest they're, to that. I mean, I used to hire very entry-level positions for them to stand all day and move boxes, and it was not, like, it was a very diverse environment, and people that, you know, 
like this was people learning English and the way they were treated by others was just really heartbreaking to hear um and then also as far as the visa just if you ever take a look on indeed or linkedin like to see that there is some special like requirements and they'll specifically say no h1b visa applicants they automatically turn them around mm -hmm. if you think of when you are applying to a position it says uh will you require a sponsorship will you do this will you do yeah. that you know whether you like it or not like they they're gonna say that they're legally they're not you know discriminating but it does take it into account if they even want to call you for an interview it definitely does i've personally have had an experience that maybe um had something to do with this but um in new york i had applied for a job that was basically i felt like was written for me um the requirements were like proficiency in spanish and portuguese it was within the digital marketing space um it was overseeing their latin america market um but it was still like a pretty entry-level position and I was so excited when I saw them when I got a call back and um, I did my first um, interview you know? and that was the only job that has ever asked me my status which I mean all yeah. they can legally ask is if you're eligible to work in the United States and yeah. all you can say is yes or no um yeah so they asked me my status I would have been and like, um clear yeah so they asked me my status and I told them and I ended up not getting the job and maybe it was for other reasons but really like that was like one of the jobs I that felt 110 percent like like you were like I'm getting this job this yeah is my job. like this was written for me like mm -hmm. this is yeah like I don't know but and that can be heartbreaking because you're so just heartbreaking like, this is like I can do this I can do this without a doubt and you think that this paper that you you know like and some people aren't aware and they don't want to do the research they just hear something that is different and they're like well we don't want to deal with that we don't really know what that is yeah and that's, that's scary that's unfair you know as a recent at that time as a recent college graduate like I was so excited and um you know I was I had these rose-colored glasses on and I was just looking forward to starting a career and just, like, um, moving up in the world, you know. But definitely that was, like, a heartbreaking point of my life where um, I definitely went through it a little bit, No, and <laughs> to say the least, you know. For sure, like, that's, especially when you know, like, if I would have not answered that question, what would have happened? And I just remember being in that office and... Just being there, I was like, like wow. It was like a movie. Dude, 13 going on 30 moment. It was. I walked into that <laughs> office and I was like, wow, I'm at Poise Magazine. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes, and I remember that day they gave me one of their books and I like was riding home on the subway and it was like international. And I cried on the subway ride home. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. So you got all the emotional. I don't know why I got so emotional. <laughs> I, I was just, like, "This is it." <laughs> I can imagine someone writing next to you, like, "What did she read? <laughs> like, what happened?" <laughs> Especially that kind of. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs>
They're like, okay. like I don't know. It was just from a series that I saw growing up in the book fair and, like, that whole thing. But, yeah, that's... I went... I, like, rumbled on about that. No, but, I mean, just... That's a real-life experience. And people... It, it needs to be told. And, like, I think we've all lived in a culture where we need to keep quiet about our hardships. Yeah. Like, nobody really talks about you know, going through this. No, you can't really sit there and tell all your friends at brunch or, like, when you're going out to eat and, like, okay, guys, so let me tell you about this one time that this happened. I felt fucking sad. (laughs) Because, yeah, you can't, like, this conversation doesn't come up and you're told you have to kind of just put it in and let it go and that's it. And we need to have, we need to be able to talk about this because... It makes you stronger when you grow up. And with social media, we see each other, like, having the best time of our lives. Obviously, you're not going to publicize your downfalls, you know. So, you get this idea that everybody is on this upward path while you're over here feeling like shit, you know. When so you're just like, oh my god, like, when is my time going to come? Yeah. Like, what did I do wrong? Yeah, and then these people are looking at you thinking you're living your best life uh-huh. while some parts of your life may be going really good and you may be thriving, you know, people are not going to get access to those parts that are not doing so well. And we want to just break that stigma of everything's great all the time. It's perfect. Oh, are you calling me out? No, I'm calling because myself out. Like you look We at my both Instagram. do that. I do that to you. <laughs> my Instagram looks so happy and I'm like I think we do it to each other. I think we all do it. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean that's just like one of the versions of like why people just can't legally do it from the get go and um, yeah. it costs so much money mm-hmm. even if somebody is um you know, undocumented, mm-hmm. and they want to get sponsored by, like, a family member, and there's so many um, restrictions and requirements that it literally makes it impossible. Um, so, and another thing that I hear all the time is um, they're taking our government benefits or, you know, just different things like that. Um an undocumented worker pays into the pays into taxes and doesn't get access to any government benefits um unless they have a child that is born here that child gets access yeah. to their right so and many undocumented workers are paying taxes and putting money towards these retirement accounts but they're never going to have access to that mm-hmm. which yeah, is I mean, com- they pay for other people's social security while they're still working. Exactly. And yeah. then there's so much that undocumented people go through, you know. Like, um, think like- about our story, how we didn't say anything, like, to our friends. Mm-hmm. Now, I can't imagine, like, well, I, I can't because my parents have told me the stories. But, you know, they came and they had to figure out who to trust and tell them their situation because they needed to put food on the table. And to me, that, that like, my when my parents first got here, um, there was a lady that was helped them. Like, they, she gave them, like, a place to stay and things like that, like posada. Mm-hmm. And she used to scare them. And she would tell them, like, if you go out at night, immigration's out on the streets and you'll get caught. 
And if you do this, you're going to get caught. Like, she had this, like, disgusting control. And she wanted to just control them. It became toxic. Yeah, and, like, she would also be like, you know, um, I have papers, but you guys don't. So make sure you're paying me your cut of, like, what my parents are making. And then it wasn't until that they saved enough money, like, without, like, hiding it from this woman... They finally were able to get their own right, things, and they, they just never talked to her again. But and didn't you say something about like there are certain companies that take advantage of undocumented people trying to buy houses? Oh my god! And yes. um, they threaten to um call immigration if they don't pay a certain amount, even though that's not in the contract or anything like that. Yeah. So when I was a realtor, I actually. Uh, was approached many times by by people that were asking like there has to be a way you can help me like there has to be a way I have money like what do you want like and I'm like what do I want I'm like it's not me it's you know it's a mortgage lender I'm like it's gonna be really hard to find a mortgage lender that is able to open a loan and after some digging I found a company but it was so shady from the um, beginning. Basically, what they were offering was they wanted them, you know, my client, they wanted him to pay um, like 40% of whatever house he wanted. He could go in. Like, they were like, think about it. Like, we are your golden ticket. Like, they were trying to glam it up so much. And they were like, well, think about it like this. They need to bring us 40% of whatever house they choose. Now, they know, like... My client and his demographic, people will save and save and save all their money. So they, he, he had 40% of a really, really nice house. And um, he said, well, tell him 40% down. I'll buy the house. He gives me the money. And um, after six months, I'll transfer the the deed and he can have it. And then we'll just do it like that and it just felt so shady and he wanted me to help convince my my client and I honestly told him I told my client like I'm not allowed to give you this kind of advice but as a human this is not something I would recommend for anyone that I know I was like you don't I'm like I don't know this guy and just because he's selling an opportunity doesn't mean it's the best thing right now because I don't know my biggest fear was like you know, there has been stories where people will buy a house for someone else and then they'll, like, hold it over them and be like, I, I need more money. And all of a sudden they raise the mortgage or they raise the amount that they're, you know, they have agreed to. And it's like, but I want more. No, well, I'm calling immigration on you. I know where you live. I know where you're living. And I have all of your information. Yeah. Like and it's just like how something like this is someone's dream. Mm -hmm. They came here to just be able to provide a house for their family. And, and it's honest work, too. Yeah. I mean, nobody else is going to go outside and cut work, put construction up, like, things like that. Like, who's going to, who's doing that out there? Especially in this Texas heat, mm -hmm. it's very few people who will sit there and work, and work good. Yeah. And, I mean, half the jobs that people have, you know, undocumented people are going to be outside, are going to be hard labor, because... People use that to their advantage. Like, look at California and the avocado. Like, there's a documentary on Netflix, mm -hmm. and it talks all about, like, the power of the immigrant. Like, I think they're even about to start, um, I think I was reading somewhere, 
I have to double check on this and I'm not sure, but I think I saw something that they were starting to pay benefits to undocumented workers because they As hold... As they should. They hold so much of, like, our agriculture. Yes. It's so disappointing that, um, you know, people instill fear in them when it comes to things like, oh, yes, I'll help you with this mortgage, but um, later on they turn their backs on them and start, you know, um, Or some don't even them. get as far as the house. Yeah. Some just take the money and go. Yeah, they start threatening them. And they know they won't go to... Um, the police. To the police or anything like that. Yeah, like, they're afraid. And as they should be, mm-hmm. as we should be, because we've known, we know that law enforcement is not very reliable at all. Tell me about it. Yes, but that's for a different episode that's coming soon. <laughs> um, we'll talk about um, the corrupt police system. Um, but yeah, so it's really scary because sometimes, um, you know, even to go to the hospital or something like that, I've known of these situations where undocumented people get hurt or get into accidents and they're I mean, afraid my grandma to go to the doctor. came from Mexico to visit. She was here, like, literally visiting. She lives in, in Mexico. She broke her leg. We took her to a hospital, like, not even 10 minutes from here. They didn't operate on her for two days because they said, how are we going to bill you? And they really wanted to turn her away, and we had to, like, bring everything out for her to get surgery. And she was, she was... It's insane. She was like, like, okay, at that time she was like 50 or 60, but, you know, for someone to break their their leg at that age, and it, it, I mean, just that, that's the kind of service, like, they took an oath to help lives, but they were, you know, they would stop it, or they were thinking, like, do we, are we going to help you because what's her status? Like, she's a tourist, <laughs> like, that's what she is. And because they were like, how are we going to get this money? Can we bill you? Like, are we going to bill you? And, like, it created this whole mess. But it was just, like, that's how we're treated. I can imagine, you know. And it shows how greedy this country is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, these are human rights. Yeah, um, we're not fighting for, like... And we're not fighting for things I'm to not be saying like to us in a silver As platter. soon as I'm born, I want a house and a car and all this to my name and then just accumulate interest. I'm not even asking for that. Like, we're just asking to be treated like freaking humans. Yeah, and the chance to build wealth like these white families have been able to do over generations, mm-hmm. you know? The chance for minorities... To do the same and thing. And to stop being called... I'm tired of... I'm, I need a new word for minorities. Because I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna try to come up with one. And I'm going <laughs> to coin it. And then you heard it here first. But it's going to happen. Because I'm tired of being called a minority. Because we are not minorities anymore. There's a reason there's so much crap going on this year for elections. And if you can help buy stamps that's all i can say yeah. save the postal service yeah, truly i just bought um a little stationary pack that came with like little cute postcards <laughs> and stickers and stamps and then i bought some scooby-doo stamps too so um if you want to write to each other 
hit me up. Send us your address and we'll send you a car. Oh yeah. Goodness. And, um, you know, you can message me on my Instagram, which is Tawani, which is T-H-A-U-A-N-I. I, I, I. Wait, how many eyes is <laughs> if there? You, if you type in one eye, you'll find her. <laughs> yeah. And, or. <laughs> or Amiga's Pod. At, yeah, at Amiga's Pod. But truly, like, I. I don't know what to expect come November. Um, and I think I've mentioned this in another podcast that we recorded that we didn't even ended up, yeah, ended up not using. But um, when it comes to voting, if you need a ride to the polling station, I will take you. I will take you to vote. Okay. Yes. I will drive you to the to like vote because I can't vote but I I need to do my part in some way for real you know I'm not saying for real like that but like if you feel like this doesn't your vote doesn't count or your voice doesn't count I need you to wake up yes because that's the the that's what they're feeding and I hate sounding like a conspiracy theorist but this is real like if this is, doesn't affect you, think of your friends think of your neighbors think of family members that you may know mm-hmm. that are being affected and yeah. think of everyone who has been on trump's target list like mexicans muslims like read the pattern yeah um think about all of those lives lost at hand uh, at the hands of law enforcement and how our government refuses to bring justice to people like Breonna taylor it's been like um, more than 150 days now. yeah ahmaud aubrey just like all these different cases, like too many to name. Um, and you know, um, how Trump keeps, um, playing with us DACA recipients and putting us on this roller coaster ride ever since he started his, um, presidency. Um, you know, and he keeps teasing and, um, trying to say that he will, give us a pathway to citizenship, but he will always want something in um, exchange, like, um, you know, harsher conditions for those um, in the border detention centers and just different things like that. So, um, and we don't want that. We want um, somebody in office who will give um, a pathway to citizenship to everyone, not just DACA recipients, um, but to those people living in shadows, you know, um, justice for economy will be. Yeah. And justice for those people in these inhumane conditions and the detention centers all over our country. And, you know, we need, um, sanctuary cities and, um, just different things like that. And although I know the other candidate is not perfect, we know. Nor is the vice president chosen, but um, honestly, it's the lesser of two evils. Oh my god, I was literally going to say that if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's the lesser of two evils, you know, and like I said, it's never going to be perfect, but we can't have another four years Living of like this. an orange man. <laughs> of this guy who is saying these crazy things like you know and who has sexually abused a 13 year old let's not forget 
let's not forget. This is real. This isn't like a conspiracy files. Yeah, no, this is not something QAnon, um, like released. You know, this is actual court files that you can literally find on government websites that um, he has sexually assaulted a 13-year-old. And, you know, it's um, disgusting that people turn a blind eye to his actions and his words. And um, this is just something that we can go on and talk about forever. Um, But... We do want to make sure you remember. We'll say this until it's time. Please vote. Please vote. Please educate yourself. And don't for once ever think that you don't have a voice. Because that's what I was thinking at the beginning of last year. And that's not the way to live. Yeah. So. Like I said in the previous podcast, like, we wouldn't have things like DACA without the voices of the dreamers that came before me. Um, so it's totally possible to make a change. Have you seen, um, although we haven't gotten justice for everything, but have you seen, um, you know, the change that has come since the end of May, since the Black Lives Matter movement, um, picked up, like, strength? Yeah. You know, People are becoming aware, like, and obviously this is going to be for another episode, but there there is so much that is wrong and we all have been slowly starting to wake up because we can't keep living like this we can't and we can't um we can't be complacent we can't be complacent and you know um i think one of the things that has really been so good about this quarantine is that um we as people have had a chance to really see things for what they are and not be distracted by our daily lives at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, things that have always been happening, we were more aware of them because we had nothing else to do, just to be completely honest. I mean, it's true. Um, you know, although, yeah, these movements would pick up um, you know, and they're still happening. They're still happening. It's, still it's in happening. Chicago, like literally yesterday. Yeah, and it's still happening. And you know, um, we're gonna continue to fight for everyone. And um, you know, like we said before, we're gonna dedicate a whole episode to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, but we want to make sure that we get it right and that we we have some parts recorded already. But like I said, um. We want it to be really good and really insightful, and we want to bring the facts. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know. We appreciate you so much for listening, and we'd love, again, to hear your feedback, please. Uh, and like I said in the beginning, if you want to be interviewed about your story and what you have come to and through, Please message us. Yeah, for sure. Like, if you want to share anything with us, let us know. Or you can just write us and we'll share it if you don't want to, you know, talk to us. (laughs) But, yeah, thank you for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Again, like, if you sent me a message, like, it did not go unnoticed. Like, I really, really, really um, 
really 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 enjoyed it <laughs> no I'm grateful? really grateful for it and um honestly I'm so inspired and we want to keep doing justice for you guys yeah and like making sure we inspire <laughs> yeah we want to keep bringing you really great content and um you know we want to have really insightful episodes um full with not only our experiences but the experiences of other people yes so i guess this is it we see you goodbye for now this is leslie saying bye this is felony bye adios